Welcome to an inspiring message from Pastor John Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will encourage, inspire, and empower you. We're in week three this week of a series that we've been doing. It's our banner cry here at Arise in this COVID season, a series that we've named a banner cry that we're declaring for all that is to come. In the face of all the uncertainty in our world, the confusion and the turmoil, we're declaring that we don't serve the God of reduction, atrophy, decay, loss of endings, but we serve the God who has always taken us forward, makes a way when there is no way. And even when we feel uncertain in our now, we're declaring over our lives and over our church, over our nation and over our planet for all that is to come. I'm even wearing it today for all that is to come. It's our declaration, it's our prayer, it's our confession that God's gonna take us higher. And on this week three, I wanna share a message with you today that I believe is a message God's given me that's gonna impact a lot of lives right now. And I want you to open up your heart and get ready for all that God is going to do because I wanna talk to you around the theme, fearless faith, fearless faith. That in these times, when there is so much fear and a world of such turmoil that we would not be bound by fear, but that we would find the God of faith right here in this season. If you have a Bible, we're gonna read in the book of James today. In fact, we're gonna continue reading where we finished on week one of the series. We looked at verses two to four of James chapter one in our first week. And right now we're gonna start reading in verse five, James one and verse five. If any of you lacks Wisdom. He should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who believes is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man, that woman, should not think they will receive anything from the Lord. They are a double minded person, unstable in all. He does, unstable in all they do. I wanna pray for you right now. Then we're gonna dive into this. And I sense the Holy Spirit's presence. And I feel like God just saying, get ready for God to do a work of freedom on the inside of us. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we open Your Word, I pray You to open our hearts. Right now in this moment, we know, Lord, that You aren't just wanting us to watch this on YouTube like we'd watch a exercise video, but you're wanting us to receive this like we would participate in any other forum. We need you, Lord, in this moment to come close to us. I pray for your word to be illuminated. I bind every distraction. I pray for the word of God to go forth richly, that you would speak straight into hearts and lives. And Psalm 34 verse 4 would be real in our lives in this moment of time. I sought the Lord. And He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. We believe this for your people today. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. You know, if there's one thing that we're fighting in our world in this moment of time, it's fear. It feels like fear is everywhere. I don't know about you, but it feels like we're afraid of more things now than we ever have been ever before. I mean, I'm here in the Arise Centre today and so excited to be speaking anywhere other than my breakfast bar in my house. 
But the truth is we got, we got people here right now, but we're afraid of even being near people. We're afraid of what's going on with our jobs. We're afraid of what's going to happen next. We're fearful of the future. We're apprehensive in the present. It seems to me like right now we're in high tide for fear. And this is something for us to take note of because the Bible is abundantly clear that our God is not the God of fear. In fact, the Bible tells us that fear is a spirit. And when we find fear in our lives, we're finding a work of God that He's wanting to do in us so that He can free us. Psalm 34 verse 4, I sought the Lord, He answered me and He delivered me from all my fear. The problem with fear in our lives is what fear does is it focuses us on the immediate and on the worst. When fear comes into our lives, what it does is it gets us to think only about what's happening in the here and now. And it makes everything that's going to happen in our lives the absolute worst possible scenario. This has a major impact on the quality of our lives, the way we pursue our dreams, the decisions that we make, the emotions that we feel. And God is not wanting us to live with fear. Hopefully you've already discovered in this series that the work of faith and God in our lives is to awaken us to two things, to future and to promise. God wants us to get our eyes not only on the situation that we're in, but on all that is to come and the work that He is doing in us. I mean, right now we're talking to our Arise Church family and so many others that are yet to be part of our family. But our whole church is about a rising movement of God. Arise, shine, your light has come about a generation to come. We're we're a church that is passionate about transforming cities with the truth and love of Jesus Christ, of making an impact and a legacy in our world. And what fear does in our lives is it tries to get us to think not about the future, but about the now, to shrink our focus, to dwarf our goals, to to pull back from things, to, to be small in the face of life's challenges. And that's not the work of God in our lives. That's why in the book of Acts, we discover that whenever the Holy Spirit starts moving in the lives of people, that two signs are going to be dreams and visions. When God starts speaking, dreams and visions come alive in the lives of people. So if right now we're in an environment of fear, then we need to be attentive to that and be asking, how can we find not the spirit of fear, but a fearless faith? Because if there's one thing we need to know about God is that God is not the voice of fear in our lives. If you're hearing things, feeling things, hypothesizing things, you know, exasperating out, like seeing things coming out in your life, then just know this. If they're full of fear, you're not hearing the voice of God. In fact, in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 7, the Bible tells us God has not given us a spirit of fear but a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but the spirit God gave us is a spirit of power. Literally what that word power means in the original Greek, geek, Greek that the Bible was written in, the Bible's saying miracle power. God's given us a spirit of miracle power. He's saying that I want you to live your life with the thought that a miracle is alive on the inside of you. And then the second one, and this is extremely key to this message today. He said, you have not received a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love. 
Love is what God's bringing into your life. And it's going to make sense in this message, but let me drop it as a little teaser to get you ready. Our uh, spirit of love is the antidote for our fear. Love is the antidote for our fear. And when love fills us, then we no longer are fearful of things that are around us. Rejection and fear go hand in hand. And when you're full of love, you're no longer questioning whether you're going to be accepted. And fear is broken off of us. And that's the will of God. And thirdly, he said that you'd have a sound mind. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Now we know when we jump over to Philippians chapter four, that the Bible says whenever we are anxious, whenever our mind is not sound, that we should pray and through prayer and with thanksgiving, we can invite God's presence into our lives. And the Bible says the peace of God is gonna guard our minds and our thoughts, our hearts in Christ Jesus. So the Bible is saying, God doesn't want you fearful. God doesn't want you anxious, but God is wanting to free us from our fear. Here's a really key scripture for our message today. So make sure you don't miss it. It's 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 where the Bible tells us that, uh, let me just read it. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. And he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So the Bible's making this huge declaration over us. It's saying there is no fear in love. No fear in love. It's saying a massive statement. And you've got to get this because two verses earlier in 1 John 4, 16, the Bible tells us God is love. So the Bible's saying God is love. And then it's saying there is no fear in love. In other words, when God is complete and is working in our lives, we will experience no fear. That's amazing. It says there is no fear in love because perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. Now, it says fear involves torment. That word involves in the original Greek, I mean Greek, I mean Greek, is the word echo. We changed it straight and we now use it in our English language as it was originally written in the Greek. Fear echoes torment. When fear is in our life, then we are tormented. We are afraid, apprehensive, nervous. We're not sure about what is to come. We're unquieted. We're distilled. We lose our creativity, lose our imagination, lose our joy, lose our optimism. We, we pull back from relationships with people. We introvert inside ourselves. And I'm not saying in a creative way. I'm saying in a I have no more capacity kind of way. And the Bible's saying that this is not what God brings. This is not what God does. And then here is the real key to this message. And I want you to hear it. It says, the one who fears has not been made perfect in love. The one who fears has not been made perfect in love. So the Bible's saying to us, whenever we find in our lives, and I don't know about you, but right now with COVID, there have been moments for me, and I'm sure everybody out there, if you're honest, you'd be saying there have been moments for me too, where we've been awakened to some level of fear. And the Bible's not saying you're a bad person that you should, you know, whip yourself or something after service. The Bible is saying that when we find fear in our lives, that's a signal for us that we have not yet been made perfect in love. So what do we do? 
When we experience fear in our lives, we identify that fear and we realize that it is a sign telling me I need to draw closer to God. God is the one of love. He is the author of love. God is love. So if in my life, I'm finding fear right now, it's a sign to me, come closer to God until the fear is gone from me because love has had its perfect work in me. This is so important for us to understand that God is not the voice of our fears. God is not the feelings of our fears. God is not the dread of our fears. Now in this series, in our first week, we dive right into the fact that in the previous passage of Scripture in James 1, how the Bible tells us that we should count it joy when we face trials because the testing of our faith develops perseverance. And we learned that trials or crisis really achieve a powerful work in us. They test and they develop our faith so that then we enter into this thing called perseverance. What does that mean? That means that when trials have had their impact in me, when crisis has really achieved the will of God, God does not the God who wants crisis, but He is the God who says, no matter what happens to you, I'm gonna work some good out of whatever takes place in your life. And He said, whenever you face a trial, then I'm gonna cause you to understand more and more and more of who I am, what I can do, my faithfulness, my constancy. You're gonna see me deliver you out of trials and eventually you're gonna reach this awesome place called perseverance. You're gonna get to a point in your life when what bothers other people is not gonna bother you. You're gonna look at a situation and you're gonna go, this looks difficult, impossible, overwhelming, but God is bigger and I'm confident that He's gonna see me through to the other side. And this week, I wanna talk to you another level about this. And we're gonna dive into this passage in just one second. But I wanna give it to you at the start that this week, we're gonna look at this thought that the one who fears has not been made perfect in love. We're gonna, we're gonna discover that God is love. So if I'm not being made complete in love, then what's missing in my life is more of who God is. The nature and character of God is love. So freedom from fear is found in our understanding of the nature and character of God. Freedom from fear is found in our understanding of the nature and character of God. Let's dive into our passage of Scripture where in verse 5, the Bible tells us, if any of you lacks wisdom. That seems like a weird thing to say, doesn't it? If any of you lacks wisdom, anybody lacking in wisdom, we don't tend to look around us and compare who's got wisdom and who hasn't. We look for wisdom when we're in the middle of a problem that we don't know how to navigate it. That's when we start searching desperately for counsel. And remember that just a couple of verses before this, the Bible's saying trials, crisis. So we find ourselves through trials and crisis in a place in our life where we have a problem and we don't know what we're going to do with it. And that is right where I think many of us find ourselves right now. Problems, challenges, circumstances we've never faced before, markets that are plummeting through the floor, job and certainty, environmental concerns, what's gonna happen next? Where are we going? What's my place in all this? When will my kids go back to school? When will I find peace from the storm? Problems. And the Bible's saying, if anybody has 
an insurmountable or big problem, that the second thing we should do, if anyone has a lack of wisdom, he should ask God. That the response to our problem should be to invite God in, to bring God in. And no matter what you're facing in your life in this COVID season, let me just tell you, God is able and God is bigger. God is not lacking in power or might. God is able to move in whatever situation you might find yourself in right now. And feel free to type amen in a chat wherever you are or just shout, yes, God can. It'd be absolutely amazing. And then in the third part of this is the serious key to everything that we're looking at. So he says, if you've got a problem, you need to ask God. And then he goes, now let me tell you about God. God gives generously to all without finding fault. God gives generously to all without finding fault. Perfect love drives out fear. God is love. Perfect God knowledge drives out all fear. And here we have the writer of James telling us just a little bit of the nature and character of God. He's like, if you've got a massive problem, this is what you should do. You should bring that problem to God. Why? Because this is who God is. And he gets specific. He goes, God gives generously. In other words, if you've got a problem, God's not begrudging. He's not withholding. He's not exacting. He's not a miser. When you have a problem and you come to God, His very nature is abundant. He is the God of the over and above. He is a generous God. And He doesn't just give generously to a few heroes and champions and really righteous people. He says He gives generously to all, to everybody. From the person who feels like they're so Christian, they deserve platinum membership at their church, all the way through to the person who feels they're barely worthy of walking through the doors. God is saying He gives generously to all. In fact, in the same book, the writer of James tells us that Elijah, in James 5, he says that Elijah was a man just like us. And he prayed and the heavens stopped raining for three years. He prayed again and the drought ended. God is saying to you and me that He gives generously to the Elijahs and He gives generously to the people who feel they're barely worthy of heaven's recognition. He gives generously to everybody. If you have a problem, God's gonna answer it. If you have a concern, you can bring it to God. He gives generously to all. And here's the last bit without finding fault. That when God looks at me, God's not looking at me to see whether I'm good or bad, done well, done poorly. He doesn't look at my faults. He doesn't look at my failings. He looks over it all. If you think that God sees your faults and failings, you'll always be timid in your prayers and you'll always be full of your fears. But when we come to understand not how awesome we are, or how confident we are to navigate the problems that we're facing. But when we come to a deep understanding of the nature and character of who God is, when we become convinced that it doesn't matter what I'm facing, what's breaking out of my life, that God is there, that God said, whatever problem I face, I can talk to Him about it because He gets involved in every problem No matter how great or how awful I'm feeling on any given day, His heart is still towards me. 
When I discover that, that's what gives me access to a fearless faith. It gives me access to a fearless faith because I'm placing my confidence, not in my ability to navigate the situation, not in the likelihood that things are going to turn around, but I'm placing my confidence and my assurance in who God is and what He does. I'm acknowledging that He is good and He does good, that He cares about me, that He's involved, that He's present, that He's engaged. It's it's acknowledging what the psalmist wrote when he said, I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his descendants begging bread. It's acknowledging the fact that when we seek the Lord, He always is the God who moves on our behalf. And He's saying, this is the key. This is the key. We find something special when we realize the nature and the character of God. Okay, but then He goes one step further. In verse 6, this is what He wrote. He said, verse 6, But when you ask, if you lack wisdom, ask God. Gives to all generously without finding fault. But when you ask, You must believe and not doubt because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. I don't know if you've ever been on a boat that is driven and tossed by the wind, but we're hearing a picture of somebody that is filled with fear. So he's saying, you got to know who God is. And when you come to him and you ask, you must Believe. You must believe. For the longest time in my Christian life, I hated that verse because I always thought that there were some Christians who really believed. I read those two words, must believe. And I kind of, in my mind, I distorted it. I saw it wrong. I saw it as being like, if my bicep was my faith, like I, I, I must believe. I ha- Don't look at my bicep too closely, by the way. It's the smallest bicep in the world. But we, we, I, I kind of thought that I had to look at my faith. I had to have a massive measure of faith. Like it was all about, John, do you, do you really believe? And I was trying to pump myself up so that I had enough faith to get an answer prayer and a miracle from God. But that's not what the Scripture is saying. Notice that before this, What he goes into detail about explaining to us is this is who God is, the nature and character of God. And he's saying when we come to God, the way we get an assurance on the inside of us, the way we keep fear out of our lives, because he's saying, listen, if you don't believe, if you doubt, then fear is going to find its way in. And he says the way that we keep fear out is that we must believe. Must believe what? We must believe that God is who He says He is. That He is faithful to His Word. That He does what He says He will do. That He gives to all generously without finding fault. Because He says the one who does doubt. And then He describes a life that is filled with fear, driven and tossed by the wind. And here's the thing that's in our lives. The reason why we need to be made perfect in love is because fear is the emotion. That's what I feel. But doubt is the question that opens the door. When I am unsure of what God wants, when I doubt, that's the mental. That's the question. And fear is the accompanying emotion. So in my life, when I'm unsure of who God is, when I doubt whether God is working in my life, When I'm not confident in the nature and character of God, that's what opens the door to fear in my life. 
This is the disciples when they were on that boat with Jesus in the middle of the night. The Bible tells us that the disciples were in a boat in a storm in the middle of the night and the waves from the storm began to break inside the boat. They thought the boat was going to sink and that they were going to drown. Thinking this, and Jesus is in the boat. So Jesus is right there, yet they don't have an absence of fear. They are overwhelmed, they're apprehensive, they're fear-filled. And so they wake Jesus up. And I want you to hear what they said. Waking Jesus up, they address our Savior and they said, don't you care that we are going to drown? Don't you care? They doubted the nature and character of God. So the Bible says that Jesus woke up, that He rebuked the wind and the waves. And then this is what He said to His disciples, Mark 4, 40. He said, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? He's saying the reason why this fear is so prevalent in your life, disciples, is because you doubt the nature and character of who I am. And when we doubt the nature and character of God, we allow fear to get on the inside of us. And this is what happens. When we allow, when we doubt the nature and character of God, we allow situations that we're facing to get the best of us. So we're right now in an environment where fear is all around us. And we're proclaiming over our lives today a fearless faith. And this is why. Because when fear is in our lives, then our fears get the best of us. Literally what this means is that the best of who we are is going towards our fear. So our, our imagination is going towards our fear. We're seeing every negative outcome, everything that could. You have the capacity for creative genius, the capacity for solutions, innovation, to, to turn situations around. God doesn't want us living with fear in us because it makes our imagination channel in the direction of our fear. Our energy, you are an energized, creative being instilled with the power to act and respond and move and to think. But when fear is in our lives, our energy is going simply towards our adrenaline and our negativity and the, the, the shaking of the, the skin and the fearful expectation. When fear is in our lives, our focus goes in that direction. It pauses our action, stops us from moving, stops us from thinking. And what God wants for His people is in the middle of every crisis, storm and situation, He wants us to find a way to be free from fear. And the way we get free from our fear is through a perfect love, a perfect knowledge of the nature and character of God so that the best of us can go towards the best of what is in front of us today. That in the middle of this situation, God wants the best of you going towards the best things that are in front of you right now. But when fear is in our lives, the best of us goes to the worst of what is in front of us. And that's why the devil loves fear. The devil loves fear because it stops people from acting, because it robs us of potential, because it destroys creativity, because it lets us live a nightmare. And God is saying, I want to awaken you to a fearless faith, to all that is to come, so that you can see not the nightmare of the, of the negative scenario coming to pass, but you can see the reality that I'm with you, that you can have confidence in who I am, that you shouldn't be looking at the situation, but looking inward to the might and power of your God and knowing that He is there 
And that hasn't changed. And you can make it through. And with the deep knowledge of the nature and the character of God that drives back the power of our fear, then we can face the situations that we're in head on. Choosing right, acting right, responding right, feeling right, interacting right. And we can go through storms and difficulties with a fearless faith in the face of everything that life throws at us. Then now, last two verses, literally verse five is like, this is who God is. In verse six, he's like, don't allow the voices of doubt and fear to find anywhere close to you. And then in verse seven is what he says, that when a person is full of doubt and fear, that they shouldn't expect to receive anything from the Lord, that that's a double-minded person and that they're unstable in all they do. This is why I'm so passionate about a fearless faith. Because when fear is in our lives, progress stops. When fear is in our lives, when our circumstances and situations become bigger than God's nature and character, then we just grind to a halt. And God doesn't want you failing to progress or stopping in your journey just because of any storm or any trial or any difficulty that you might be facing in the here and now. I've just had this phrase that's gone round and round in my head for the last little while, prune in June, prune in June. Because I'm a gardener and in the middle of June, June's the worst month in Wellington. It's like freezing winds. We'll have many weeks where we never get to double digits Celsius. It's like eight degrees, nine degrees for the whole week. And in the middle of June, I know that one of my greatest opportunities as a gardener is in the middle of one of the worst seasons of my life. If I'll get outside right then and I'll trim down everything, take my roses and bring them all the way back to just the trunks. If I, can, if I can get everything set, if I'll be bold and courageous and prune in June, then when we come out into spring, I come out into roses and bulbs, flowers and luxury and lushness and chirping birds and beauty because I didn't let the season of life determine what I was going to do. And the Bible is trying to say to you and to me that the key to our future, the key to our endurance, the key to all that is to come is to allow the perfect love of our God to let a growing understanding of the nature and character of God drive the fear out of me. The psalmist wrote and said, search me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me. God is saying, find your fear. And wherever you find your fear, draw closer to your God. Trust more purely in your understanding of the nature and character of God. God is love. God is grace. God is kindness. God is second chances. God is resurrection power. God is potential, endless potential. God is omnipotent ability. God is there. God is present. And God is moving. 
And God doesn't want our lives to be filled with fear. God wants our lives to be filled with faith. God doesn't want us living disaster scenarios and nightmares and anxiety, turmoil, stress. God wants us living, seeing opportunity, favor, protection, deliverance, concern, resurrection, second chances, new beginnings. And as I bring this message to a close, I've had one of these little cards every week and I want to give you my card for this week because our freedom, our freedom from fear is going to be found in the nature and character of God. And I don't know if you've noticed, but in all of the imagery that we've been putting out for the series, we've had this greater than symbol. We're putting this greater than symbol because we're acknowledging that there are two things that we could give our attention to. We could look in our lives, at our circumstances. We could look at the situations that we're facing and we could make them determinate and powerful. We could say that's going to determine what happens in my life next. Or we could let perfect love do its work in us. And we could realize that the nature and the character of our God is greater than every circumstance and every situation and whatever I face. Don't you care that we're going to drown? Do you still not have any faith? Whenever the situation looks too big, know that that situation needs to bow. It's not on you being a more pumped up Christian. It's about a life of intimacy, of worship, surrender. It's just about keeping on coming back to your God and knowing more and more perfect love drives out all fear so that we're not tormented of soul but tranquil creative innovative and courageous and I declare that over your life today in the mighty name of Jesus let me pray for you right now because I sense the Holy Spirit working in the lives of many people Father in the name of Jesus we draw close to you we acknowledge you. I declare that you are powerful, able, present, magnificent. And over every heart and every life, every person that's part of this church service today, I'm asking, Lord, through television screens, through iPhones, Lord, through laptops, nursed on, on coffee tables, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit of God would just invade every, every room and every, every patio, every porch, every apartment that in the name of Jesus, you just invade our lives right now and that you would, we, we seek you. Psalm 34, 4, it's, it's a statement over this day. I sought the Lord and He answered me and He delivered me from all my fears. Be the God who is closer to us. Be the God who is bigger than every problem. You are, you are trustworthy. You are constant. You are able. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, I speak freedom from fear to every person in Jesus' mighty and holy name. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church and Pastor John Cameron, visit arisechurch.com or connect with us on Instagram at arisechurch and at johncameronnz.